0: all right we are live whoa it's another week it's another week of broadcasting from the bbc not that bbc the brent broadcasting channel here and it is you know brent leary and this is cool because my first guest of the week is someone i can't i I can't believe it's it's been like a decade since i i uh met katherine costareva from uh creatio who's the ceo and founder but back when i met Catherine. The company's name was actually BPM online. And the reason that I met her was because her company won the very first year of CRM Idol, which was Paul Greenberg, me, Esteban Kolsky, and a bunch of us were were really interested in finding CRM companies that we hadn't heard of before. And we wanted to hold a contest because there's a lot of there was a lot of like CRM company talent out there, and we usually get a chance to talk to the big guys. And we were like, why don't we, find, why don't we do a contest where we get a chance to you know, have uh, companies that we really haven't had a lot, a lot of time to, to check out. Why don't we have them, uh, you know, participate and give, gives us a chance to see what other kind of serum companies are out there and we'll make a contest out of it. And so the very first year, I think we did a like a European one and a U.S. one and uh, BPM Online won the European Serum Idol the very first year. And that's where I met. My very first guest of the week, Catherine Costareva. So, Catherine, it's really hello, great to hello. see you again. <laughs>
1: Excited to be here, Brent. Thank you for having me.
0: Remember those old those old times with the with the Sierra Idol. I mean, that was uh, you guys did a great job with that. Of course, you won. But it was really it was fun because we got a chance to 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 see and meet companies like yours that were doing interesting things that hardly ever got the spotlight, and so. It was great to, to have BFPM online be a part of that, and it was really great to see you guys win. Thank you,
1: thank you, Brad. That was a long time ago, like 10 years ago,
0: 2011. You're right, 2011. 10
1: years ago, unbelievable.
0: So, some things have changed in the last decade, of course, uh, including
1: Definitely. the name of the company, right?
0: <laughs> the name of the company has changed. You're, you're now Creatio, right?
1: <laughs> yes, we're now Creatio, and uh. Yeah, we uh renamed one and a half years ago nice and, and that was pretty smooth wasn't it how w- what do you think I, I i believe i believe we spent almost a year getting ready to this renaming event to change the Online <laughs> line to Croatia. and then this one day jumped off the plane just that's to, right yeah, just, yeah. Just just the, just the
0: renaming talk about this this what did the idea of you're kind of doing this <gasps> jumping off the plane to, yeah. to broadcast the broadcast
1: oh, yeah i can tell you there is a cool story about it like uh we were sitting uh, together with our executive team um and discussing we need to do something really really special with this renaming we want everyone to remember us and we have this guy from australia <laughs> who actually relocated to Boston. We moved him from Australia to Boston, Alex uh Fantastic, amazing uh, executive. He's leading our channels. And he said, let's all together jump out of the plane and kind of do this renaming in the sky with all the flags and kind of this, this kind of entertainment. And 10 people in the room watching like complete silence. You can imagine.
0: I would have been one of them, actually. Yeah. <laughs>
1: look at you're like are you crazy, crazy? like yeah. what are you talking about and he said okay uh let me do this let me um send a note uh to a group of people in the company and see who would like to join me <laughs> eventually brand we send a note actually to everyone in the company 600 people and wow. out of 600 people 180 people said we're gonna jump 180, 100 people said that they would like to jump out of the plane to celebrate renaming from BPL land to Croatia. And then one night I came back home and uh, told my husband, you know, seems like I have to jump <laughs> off <out laughs> the plane. <laughs> and he was like, are you crazy? Like, it's, you're not jumping as <laughs> oh, yes, I am, actually. So, so yeah, so that's that's what we did.
0: And you live to tell the story, which is great. I'm, I'm glad it all worked out. <laughs>
1: yeah, it did, it did work out. And, and we are very, very excited. And we love the new name. So definitely Creatio is much better than BPM Online. I'm saying that.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm glad. Because I agree with you. I like uh, Creatio. Is, there's something you know, fun about saying Creatio. It didn't have the same funness of BPM Online. That's, I love it <laughs> right,
1: right. I
0: love it too. All right. So in
1: agreement, in agreement here.
0: <laughs> so uh, a couple of things come to mind because uh, the last couple of times I talked to you, one time I was coming up for, I think it was the HubSpot Inbound Conference in November of 2016. Yep. And I had a chance, we had a chance to go to dinner. Yes. And it was November 8th, 2016, which was election night. If you remember I do we, we were we were all expecting a certain outcome yes and as our dinner went on and the evening went on we kept you know, kept on checking it like wait a minute um this doesn't look right is, is this really
1: happening <laughs> you it remember can be that? True. it can be true yes
0: <laughs> unfortunately it, unfortunately it was true uh, but we you know that was that was then and this is now uh now the next year I had a chance to go to your conference. And we had a chance to do a little sit down. Mm-hmm. Do you remember we had a little conversation? That, it was like one of my first um, video on location conversations, yes. and and I got a chance to spend some time with you. I have a little bit of that clip because
1: oh, no, no, Understand. no. This is this is
0: good. <laughs> this is good because you kind of it's gonna kind of help us in our discussion because some things that you talked about, I think we're still kind of trying to figure it out. And so let's go to the clip and here, and I'll just set it up was, uh, you guys had recently come out with a report and it was something to the effect of 80% of companies still do not automate their processes. Does that kind of ring a bell?
1: It does, it does. Okay,
0: so here we go, Here, here's the clip. Small business has about a hundred processes and mm-hmm. in, involved in their business. Larger like global manufacturing organizations may have a thousand or Absolutely, more processes. Yes. Like- but, 1, the key here, 80% of all businesses don't automate. Yeah. So why, and we're in 2017, there's yeah. so many processes, <laughs> you just talked about this, this execution, you know, need to be good at executing strategy, yeah. but 80% of these folks aren't using any kind of automation to do it, why do you think that is? You
1: know what, um, let's, let me even... Tell you the other example, uh, CRM industry. Mm. Everyone believes that CRM is a commodity. Would you agree? Like everyone says, I've CRM heard it. is a commodity. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: We have so many customers that have never had CRM in their organizations. Wow. They still use spreadsheets. And I'm not talking about small companies right now. Mm. I am talking about mid-sized, large organizations that use Outlook or spreadsheets or lotus nodes for managing their customer relations and you're asking me about the processes <laughs> and about artificial intelligence <laughs> look at the commodities thing which is crm which is customer relations
0: okay four years ago
1: yes
0: 80 of companies weren't automating processes it sounds like a lot of companies weren't used to crm mm-hmm. All right, so we're in 2021 now. Um, where are we with these kind of things? Where are we with automated processes in the in the enterprise? Where are we with companies using CRM? And and I'll even throw in a little more wrinkle. Has the pandemic done anything to accelerate process automation, CRM use?
1: Yeah. And, 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 you know, you know, Brendan, the um, uh, SaaS market is is crazy these days, right? Growing, growing very, very fast. Everyone is growing very fast because automation is definitely required and digital transformation is, is a part of every business strategy. Um, what is amazing these days, honestly, is how the market is being reshaped. Mm, so... What I see today on the market, and honestly, I I didn't see a lot of it four years ago when we talked last time, is low-code and no-code disruption that is happening on the market. Uh, Let's look again. You love talking numbers. I love talking numbers. Let's talk (laughs) numbers. Uh, 1.7 billion knowledge workers in the world, all of them use at least one piece of software, at least one piece of software. For example, in the banking industry, one knowledge worker would use at least 10 pieces of software, right? So, so, so the demand for software apps is, is like huge. Um, another number is 500 million apps to be built within the coming few years. The question is, how can we satisfy this demand? And, and and actually, low-code, no-code is the answer to this question because um, in Creatio and many other peers in the industry, we strongly believe that low-code, no-code, that is what, what will reshape the market and actually give tools to knowledge workers rather than IT experts to automate their processes. So the penetration, thanks to this technology, the penetration of, of uh, business process automation and software apps it's going to be much, much higher within the coming years. We all, we all going to see that.
0: So the answer to the lack of process automation, do you, do you think is having these low code platforms to help regular folks be able to kind of do it without having to go get help from IT folks? Yeah, and
1: that's what we see every day. I mean, that's what we see with our creation customers, right? Um um marketeers, sales reps, um, operations, they automate their processes using low code no code tools without IT help without IT experts. Uh, and why that? because it's a huge shortage of IT experts in the world, right? So all together there are how many 100 million IT experts in the world with 25 million uh, coders, uh, software developers, so that's the number. And 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 1.7 billion knowledge workers that need actually their work to be automated. How is it possible? The answer is there is no other way, but, <laughs> but to give those tools to actually those knowledge workers who are gonna do the automation. So that's that's kind of a challenge. And that's what when I say reshape it, the market is being reshaped and uh, the market has been uh, disrupted, by the way, by by the low code, no code technology, because there is no other way to 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 satisfy the demand, and the demand is huge, because everyone needs those apps to automate their business processes.
0: Yeah, one of the things that people talk about a lot, and it's getting a lot of attention, and rightfully so, I think, is this this RPA. And so you talk about low code, no code, you sure. talk about RPA, uh, and then you know some people you, know, you have RPA, then you have intelligent process automation because sometimes it kind of gets confused a little bit with certain folks uh but how does all of this work together how does low code no code and rpa and ipa how does that all work together to actually help regular business folks
1: okay so let's talk about the low code no code market in general and then about rpa as a part of it Okay? okay so so the market in general today is like $20 $20 billion maybe, the global low-code, no-code market, with the prediction to get to $200 billion in eight years from today. So the growth rate is unbelievable, like one of the highest growth rates uh, on the uh, software market, actually. Um, the market currently is defragmented. Uh, although segments are, are, are starting to be shaped, right? So, so, different segments are appearing right now. RPA is one of those segments. Um, uh, spreadsheet-like applications, like Smartsheets, for example, or Airtable would be another segment of low-code, no-code apps. Another segment would be API integrations, like uh, Zapier, for example. Another example would be BPM, low-code, no-code, like Creatio, for example. So all these different types uh, of um, low-code, no-code apps are emerging, and they come from from, from different use cases. For example, this R- RPA example that, that, that you gave would be a very different use case that than Smartsheet um, uh, use cases, or than Creatio use cases, when we automate. Business processes on the front office operations and middle office operations. So very different use cases, but all of them do one big thing: allow knowledge workers automate the business processes on a fly and change them um, at a accelerated speed.
0: So, you mentioned was it 1.7 billion uh, yes. knowledge workers? Yes. So In it, the book. It, and there's about a uh, hundred million IT folks. 100%. Yes. So there, yeah. And then you, and you break it down to like 25 million developers. So we're, yes. we're talking like a serious, like uh, magnitude of 10 to 20 knowledge workers per tech people. Uh, that's pretty bad when you think about it because there's, because all the knowledge workers, they're the one that coming up with the ideas for, you know, how they need to do their work better and more efficiently and things of that nature and part of those knowledge workers are folks working in you know customer engagement customer experience crm yep, yep. so how do you see uh those kind of folks being able to leverage uh, this low code environment in terms of customer experience and customer engagement things of that nature
1: oh would love to talk about that so what are the standard use cases for creation um, our customer can choose creation just for one single small business process with, I don't know, 20 people involved into this process. They build this, um, let's say, customer onboarding. Customer onboarding is a great example. So they build customer onboarding process on our platform, and then they start expanding it inside the organization. So those knowledge workers who we call uh, citizen developers, friend, uh, citizen developers, they take our app, And they start using it for multiple different processes, Uh, lead management, lending, if it's financial services, debt collection, um, uh, customer retention, um, contact center automation, you name it. So the list goes on and on and on, and 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 the business of creation grows in, in this example from 20 users to 1,000 users. So this land and expand strategy—that's what we love about creation business model because that's exactly how it works with customer engagement and customer facing processes. There are so many of them. Let's take uh, let's take uh, for example um, Salesforce automation, right? As a paid piece. There are so many different types of sales processes direct sales enterprise sales transactional sales channel sales field sales like all these new types of processes and then when we take one of them let's say channel sales channel sales would be reference agent sales or integrator sales so all, all of that are different types of business processes that need to be automated somehow. And this is not a rare situation, Brent, when we come to the organization. And that's actually what I meant when we talked four years ago, when we come to the organization and they have one or two or three or even five processes automated, but they have other five processes that haven't been touched yet and they need to be automated. So that's that's what what I'm talking about. Like, to, to let me put it this way, uh, Brent every company today is becoming a software company especially with the pandemic especially with the acceleration that we've seen every company is becoming a software company and every company wants to own their technology when i say own i mean being able to change and adapt and do whatever they need with this technology so to give those tools to our customers that's that's the biggest privilege that, that we see here at Croatia and
0: and the same to our peers. All right, so let's talk about how the pandemic has kind of shaped that new approach that you're seeing your customers and other businesses take with, let's say with uh, respect to digital uh, disruption, digital transformation sure. and accelerating the uh, adoption of, of uh, low code, no code RPS, and all that kind of stuff. But before we do that, because before we came on <laughs> you told me something I, I just i was like wow this is really so you said and we've been in this pandemic for a, a, over a year at this point point. Yes. and you said that every day since the beginning of this pandemic that you have gone into to the office to work yes <laughs> why was that so important for you to go into the office why, like the whole world was freaking out and staying at home and, and bunkering and hunkering down you were going into your office talk a little bit about that why was it so important for you to do that
1: Okay, and, and probably for Bostonians, you recognize this red uh, brick wall behind me, which is the Seaport area of Boston, and that's where actually Croatia Office is located. Um, I'm one of those uh, crazy persons that 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 loves working from the office. I just like I, I'm so much more productive and efficient when I work from the office. Like I I love the vibe of the office. So we've got a small group of people who have more or less the same attitude as I have. And we decided to build a bubble. You, you remember like in the beginning of the pandemic that, that, that was this strange word like bubble and you, you don't go out of this bubble. So we built <laughs> build this small group of people uh, who love working from the office. And, and yes, like literally, each and every day of the pandemic i was going back and forth just like a normal day just because i love working from my office more than i like to work working from my house that's the only reason
0: that is really I, you're the only person i think i've heard that said every day it's really striking to me and it sounds like it's work for you you have other people in the office that do it too so that's great but
1: that's a small group of people really that's a very we, we all try to be as safe as possible so that's a small group of people we keep it small uh, but yes, but we will love this approach. Yes. Each and every day of the pandemic, we've been w- working from the office.
0: Nothing wrong with that. And, and apparently it works. So that's great. But <laughs> now let's talk a little bit about like the impact that the pandemic has had on your customers. Uh, talk about, how, you know, you talked about before, you know, four years ago, 80 percent were not using process automation when the pandemic hit and everything kind of had to shut down and you know people couldn't even like shop for groceries the way they used to and that means the companies that were used to getting the groceries in the store they had to find a different way to get their stuff to directly to the customer so everything just changed like overnight uh how what impact were your customers telling you about uh the impact they're having on their business due to the pandemic and what kind of changes did they need you to help them with due to the pandemic
1: yeah um And you know, everyone's been talking about that for many years before the pandemic. The only thing that happened, what changed, what really changed uh, during the pandemic is this uh, amazing acceleration um, of the technology penetration because everyone actually talked even a year ago that every company should be a software company. Every company is becoming digital native business, a software company. So everyone's been talking about that, but it took a lot of time to get to this point. Many many companies got to this point even before the pandemic, and and now they thrive, and many of them trying to catch up during the pandemic. And um, you know, the conversations I, I had Brent with, with with our customers, um, like actually, uh, one amazing customer told me, you know. I'm an executive here in the organization. Um, if if my boss asks me about my people, like what's going on with your team, what's going, like who is who is who is owning your team, who is responsible for your team, I am responsible for my team. Doesn't matter how many people I have in my team, if it's five people or one thousand, I take full responsibility for my team. The same thing will happen with the processes. If someone tells me, like, Mm. your processes are crap, like they are not working, they they are broken. um, That's going to be my responsibility. But why, when we talk about automation, it's not about me. It's about my IT department why everyone is is um, uh, talking about the IT and that's their responsibility that automation is not working and business processes are not automated right so that's kind of a challenge and dilemma if you will that that I've been observing and heard for years from our customers and 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 the outcome from this conversation is I want to own my software I want to own my automation as business. As business, I want to be owners of our processes being automated, of all the operations being automated. I need to own it. And again, these low-code, no-code technology, that what is helping to reach this goal. And that's what we've observed during the pandemic. Uh, people, people doing their best and trying their best to automate those processes as fast as potentially possible. But at the same time, let me let me mention that that. The role of IT is even becoming more important because all the governance, all the admin, all the security, all the infrastructure questions, all the um, um, digital ecosystem and interconnection between all the different apps which are used in the, in the enterprise, that's the responsibility of the IT people. So, so their tasks are becoming even, even more important and, and more, uh, they need more skills to, to,
0: to, 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 be, to be done. What about the attitude towards AI? Because four years ago, I I don't, I didn't have the clip lined up for this, but four years ago, you talked about how you thought AI would be an accelerant to uh, the adoption of process uh, automation and things of that nature. Have you seen that? Did, Did AI have that impact? And have you seen any additional impact that AI may be having because of what the pandemic forced us all into?
1: Yeah. That's that's a great question. Um, you know what? Uh, one thing about AI that we all need to understand that in order AI and machine learning algorithm to work, they need a lot of data. We need to gather a lot of data first. So what we observe, I can tell you what we observe with our customers. Those customers who've been using this software for some time and they have all this um, amount of data needed, they they get huge benefit from AI and ML. Uh, for example, lead scoring, um, all the algorithms le- related to opportunity scoring, uh, recommendation algorithms. It all works fantastic. Keys scoring as well and keys routing as well. So these are great examples that our customers are using. But I can tell you, the bigger the organization is, the more success we see with ai why that
0: because of the amount of data and so with more things being digital because of the pandemic because before you i always like to use this example people used to go to the groceries well they're going they're starting to go back now but (laughs) at the beginning of the pandemic people could not were kind of afraid to leave the house right so they weren't going to the market so a lot of instances when people would traditionally go to the market some of them would use cash and they would just buy things and pay for it in cash and there was no real uh personalized transaction that said i bought this these items and i use my credit card i just use cash so a lot of these transactions were non-digital to a certain extent but when they had to like start getting um online groceries and groceries delivered there's a footprint now there's a digital transaction Uh, there's actually a a transaction of their food getting delivered. And so there's much more data involved because some of those uh, transactions that weren't digital had to be digital because of the pandemic. So that made tons more data and tons more ability for companies to analyze the data and find something that could be meaningful in an interaction with uh, that customer saying, hey, now we know that you buy... You know these brands, uh, and when you buy these brands, and how much of these brands. So now I could, you know, formulate an offer that could go directly to you. So we had this whole direct to consumer uh, thing. So did did those kind of changes, you know, more data because of more interactions that are digital. Did that change your customers' view of digital transformation? Did that make them say, "Yeah, we we accelerated what we wanted to do, but we also, you know, we expanded it because." now we have the opportunity to capture more data because now there's more digital transactions being involved.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely that. And and um, I can't agree more with what you just said and we observe it a lot as well, but at the same time, Brent, the pain that we observe is those business processes that just haven't been automated yet, that have, have been manual for many, many years. And like when the pandemic hit, they just, we're not automated. period. So that's a kind of if you ask me about like the real pain that we see on the market, that's where it is. More than advancing in 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 what in, in the technology that that our customers already have.
0: So, did you see your customers who are already automated? Did you see them be able to take full advantage of the, you know the the new dynamics in the market because of the pandemic versus yes. the oh, folks yes. who were like, you know, hadn't even automated and they got even further behind because now they got to get automated before they can even do some of the things that we're just talking about.
1: Yeah, that's actually how competition works. And I can tell you again, I had a call with an amazing customer last week, and um, he showed me the system. And first of all, that like it, it happens very often with Croatia. First of all, I literally couldn't recognize the product because they <laughs> uh, they redesigned it, like they created their own stuff, and then they were honestly bragging what they built on Croatia during the pandemic time. Like we built that and this and you haven't heard, like we talked, uh, I talked to this customer maybe last time a year ago and you haven't seen these features. You haven't uh, seen those processes and like it was huge brand. Like what they did, they actually took what they already had a year ago and they built a ton of processes, features, everything on top of it. And, uh, and and what they said, that they, that everything is automated right now, all the processes, all the digital processes, all done uh, on Croatia, And they did it by themselves during the pandemic year. So they were focused on building and expanding the technology they already have to automate everything that hasn't been automated yet.
0: That's great to hear. So, and I, I mean, I've, I've kind of heard that echoed in a lot of different conversations I've had, that the folks who were further along the automation path, really were able to uh, get ahead of the path in terms of, you know, there's this violent change in the market and the conditions. And because they had automation in place, they were able to quickly move with the punches, so to speak, and, and you know, even get ahead of uh, certain things because yes. they were prepared. They already had that, you know, that, that foundation in place. 100%
1: and they've seen it a lot. And another great thing, another interesting insight, uh, we uh, we will uh, announce maybe in in two weeks from now uh, the state of the low-code report that we are preparing, and we we made a survey uh, with 1,000 customers who actually shared their feedback and and their experience with low-code and no-code. Um, one of the interesting insights was that the core challenge they see on this path to digital transformation is actually integration of all multiple different apps that they are using inside the organization, integration into the single ecosystem. So that's that's another big topic, another big theme that we're seeing right now, because during the pandemic, so many new apps will, our customers started to use. And right now it's a question how we can integrate all that into this single ecosystem.
0: Wow. So we got integration, we got automation, we got AI. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's all these things that we've been out there for years. It seems Uh like, you know, the pandemic has in certain instances forced companies to have to, you know, really go full board and adopt these things where before the pandemic, they kind of said, yeah, we think it's important. We, you know, we'll get to it but the pandemic has really forced them to kind of really fully embrace a lot of these things.
1: That's exactly what happened. Brent. Yes.
0: All right. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of the, the really great news that you announced not too long ago, you guys raised $68 million uh, in venture funding. Uh, Talk a little bit about, you know, that process. And also what does that, what will that help you guys do in terms of serving your customers?
1: oh thank you so so yep that's uh, the first capital race in the history of the company as you know we've been growing organically we never raised capital before so that's that's our first uh first experience and um i can tell you that it was very smooth and like (laughs) maybe too easy (laughs) 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 yes we uh we um we are very, very lucky with our new investment partners. Actually, they are almost our neighbors here in Boston. So that, that made that made it even even easier. Like, uh, hey, can
0: I just go next door and uh, yeah, just throw throw me a couple of million over here? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> something like that. So that's <laughs> uh, that's uh, Volition Capital, Boston-based growth equity fund, and Horizon Capital, Capital European growth equity fund. Uh, both of them, amazing partners, and we can't be more happy to partner with those um, great firms. Both of them uh, invest uh, only in software IT companies, high-growth companies, and uh, approximately the, the size, the size of uh, croatia
0: So, how will this help you in terms of building out the platform?
1: Um, three areas where we're going to invest the money that we raised: three areas, Brand. One is definitely R and D, and in R and D, uh, all eyes on low code, no code capabilities and ability to build those and automate all the processes we just discussed for half an hour. The other big thing, the other big thing, is definitely brand awareness, and we and and you and I had this discussion about Croatia that. The technology is so amazing and when we when when our customers start working with creation they appreciate the technology so much but not everyone knows the brand of creation so that's another big area um, of our focus and the third one the last but definitely not the least so put in our channel partners uh you know that creation has been growing for years Uh, Together with our channel partners in 110 countries of the world, we currently have 700 partners that implement Creatio products in 100 Mm -hmm. countries. And we can be more uh, proud and happy uh, and and appreciate all this support from from our partners. And we want to invest back into our partners and again support all the efforts uh, of promoting Creatio globally all over the world in all the countries of the world.
0: That's awesome. Let me just answer one of these questions right away because it's for me. And the answer is yes. (laughs) You'll be able to to see this well after we're done here. Absolutely. Hey, can you talk a little bit about uh, what the role thought leadership plays in helping get the word out? Not just uh, get the the creation brand out, which is important, but also uh, helping your customers understand even more specifically how, you know, the things that we just talked about, you know, Process automation, RPA, robotic process automation, intelligent, low code, no code. How all that is going to play a, a much more significant part in how they will be able to do business in the future. And it's it's not just about being able to do the things that you already do more efficiently. It's also about doing things that you might not even thought you'd be able to do, but now you can. <laughs> and being able to do those things because they might have just as big an impact, if not a greater impact on your ability to stay connected with customers over time. Right.
1: Um, you know, you know, brand, um, when we work with enterprise customers, there is always this stage of proof of concept when they want to see the product in action and build their own processes on this product. And historically, um. We've been taking some time and, uh, again, our rivals took some time to build these this processes on the platform. What we uh, love to do right now is just to give the platform to our customers and say, hey, let's do this pro- proof of concept right now with your own hands, without any trainings, any certifications. Take the product and start building. And that's the beauty of low-code, no-code, when you see this magic of automation of your own processes and sometimes very, very complex processes on the platform just from scratch, being citizen developers, not being coders, not having special certification, but building and automating their processes from scratch using the the platform. And um, honestly, I do believe that this is the best educational work that we can do just just showing this in practice, showing this magic of the no-code technology life. Like you take it, you build it, and you start using it without 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 any. Like we do a lot of eBooks, we do a lot of uh, definitely um, the State of the Low Code Report and conferences, and we love this, this 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 part as well. But this magic when you take the product and you really build things by your own on the product right now without any certification or education that's 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 where the ma- the magic is is uh, really is
0: nice very nice all right so cu- last couple of questions here uh kind of one that's more you know what you've learned ab- about yourself during the pandemic mm-hmm. what have you also learned about your company during the pandemic and also what have you learned about your customers
1: Okay um, do you mind if I start with the company because um, again as, as, as you know, my my association with the company is so strong it's it, that that honestly when, when I talk about myself I, I almost talk about the company because, <laughs> because uh, I'm very much related to to Croatia, of course. Um, we have a fantastic unbelievable team brand. And I can't be and, and that's that's um, from the bottom of my heart. I can't be more proud of the team of creation because uh, people like especially when all this started, um, I, I we, we immediately started talking to the team very, very often. Every week we had a hands on uh, all hands meeting uh, starting April, like every week, all hands uh, discussing what's going on on the market, what we can see and, and people feel feeling uh feeling scared, and, and and I felt scared as well, like everyone. And um, I said that um, we're going to do everything possible and impossible to keep the team, to have zero raise-off due to the pandemic. And that's exactly what we delivered, and that's exactly what the company delivered. But what what the team did, actually, they started working so hard, and when the pandemic hit, I can tell you for sure that the team of Croatia, 600 people that we have at Croatia, everyone's been working much harder than before the pandemic. And again, I can't be more grateful and more proud. And I can't, I appreciate it so much because everyone understood that we need to work really hard to get through it all together without losing a single uh, team member of Croatia, And that was very, very important to, to everyone, myself, and to everyone on the team.
0: Do you wanna talk about specifically a lesson learned or about what you've learned about your customers?
1: Oh, sure, um, I, I'd love to talk about the customers. Again, resilience is unbelievable. And and again, I had, I've, I've never had so many conversations with customers as during this year because we were talking back and forth how we can, like everyone was talking, how can we accelerate our processes using creation? How can we adopt the technology faster? So so it's all about the speed, about the acceleration. So again, um, I I didn't expect that. Like like everyone was kind of reborn during the pandemic and uh, becoming definitely the best versions of themselves. So what I observed during the pandemic among the customers, among the partners, because, again, partners, exactly the same situation, and the team of Croatia, everyone was becoming the best version of themselves. That's what I saw. And, again, can't be more proud of the whole community of creation and how everyone acted during the pandemic.
0: So, uh, peer out, once we finally get past this, let's say a year or two from now, where are we going to be with low-code, uh, no-code platforms? Will they be... Uh, better uh, adopted than process automation was 4 years ago do you think do you think they actually uh, will play a role of a, a role in accelerating adoption uh, on top of what you know the platform is going to be about
1: 100% and the only reason like again uh, I want to circle back to this number 500 million apps that need to be built within the few years and 25 million software developers. There is no way that that this demand can be satisfied only by software developers. Like It's just impossible. No way that it will be done in a traditional way. Low code, no code is a new way of automation. And that is why what I strongly believe at, and actually that there is another interesting uh, analytics from Gartner, 65% of enterprise software by 2024 will be built on top of the low-code, no-code platform and will use the elements of low-code, no-code. So that's definitely the market disruption, enterprise market disruption that we're seeing. And and is, is is very excited um to be a big part of this disruption and the market change
0: and where can people learn more about what you guys are doing at creatio
1: www.creatio.com
0: <laughs> what wonderful is that well Catherine, this has been great i, I really enjoyed the conversation I-, I i love that you're a numbers person because all the numbers that you keep mentioning i'm like oh i, I can use yeah this is <laughs> I've been using that too. that's great and let's make sure that it's not another four years be- between us co- having these kind of conversations because they're just too good to, to not have, you know, sooner rather than later with it.
1: Likewise. Brent, thank you so much for having me. And I do hope to have another dinner here in Boston. Maybe <laughs> this year. Who
0: knows? <laughs> Maybe this year. But it, hopefully it'll be a sooner rather than later. So thanks again. And I'm going to take a little break. And at the top of the hour, I'm going to have another great guest, John Fasoli who's uh, heading up small business and self-employed services over at Intuit. So I will be back in a little bit.